Hey everybody, this is Lydia. And I'm Brandy. And this is Not Suitable for Work Moms, the podcast. Covered from Hi. Girls Weekend. Yeah, that doesn't take me long. What takes me long to recover from is what happens to my children when I'm not around to watch them. <sighs> they between the two of them, they have nine prescriptions now. Okay, as of yesterday. Um, I know Murphy messaged me and was like, "Are your kids sick?" And I was like, "Well, I mean, we we always have snotty noses, but Gabriel is home right now. He's running a fever today." Oh, yeah. So Regan Murphy's daughter had a fever so high yesterday that it didn't even register on the thermometer. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, like, maybe we all brought home something. Oh, no. My kids aren't sick like that. Oh, okay. Okay. My kids Well, then Gabriel probably picked this up at kindergarten then. Yes. Well, and also, I mean... I mean, I came home stuffy, but I'm better, and I never ran a fever or anything, so... And... Reagan also goes to a program like Little Ryan goes to. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure knows. that that's where she got it from. Okay. My kids have been sick because they never got over it the last time. Yeah. I think it's that a might chest be. issue. I mean, they thought that they had RSV and COVID and they didn't. Right. And so we just never fully recovered. So Evelyn is on two steroids now. Bless her heart. And she has a she has a skin thing. That we have a thing on or medicine on now. Uh, there's some other shit. Little Ryan's on some medicine. Oh, and they both have like a normal, like antibiotic. Okay. So little Ryan is not nearly as bad off as Evelyn, which is very typical. Mm-hmm. So we just need to get Evelyn basically her chest cleared up. Yeah. You know, yeah, so she she's not sick. Sick. She doesn't have a fever. Right. She's playing. It's the cough yeah and we it just i don't want it to get any worse and also on kids that burn a lot of calories anyways having a cough and having a trouble breathing burns even more yeah i didn't even think about that but like little ryan's at school today yeah because he's he has a cough and it is what it is my other two are at school and gabriel's fever was only like it was like a hundred but he said his head hurt and he's been complaining about a headache for like two days and i'm like all right i'm not gonna send you because i just feel like this might get worse throughout the day mm-hmm. so i didn't send him um because i just i don't want he- you know how bad it is to be at school and not feel good so. you're gonna need to talk into the bite mic am i still not talking into the mic yeah, it's because you whisper my husband says you whisper oh well i just have a soft sultry not really i'm well, it needs to be also louder. fighting to talk loud enough because i'm still kind of hoarse from the weekend <laughs> okay now that i'm closer to the mic we have a very important topic we're going to do this week so um okay so let's jump to the topic today we'll save a family round table for if we have time because let's uh not keep it too long but um well and let's just are we being recorded right now yes Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> Are we being recorded right uh, now? Let's just go ahead and say if you don't like the sound of my voice, just don't listen. Because <clears throat> yeah, this um, is going to be mostly brandy. Lydia doesn't really have any anything to say about this topic. The topic is going to, this is kind of, we're going to touch on this probably a couple of episodes because this is something that has really affected my life. 
for fucking five years. Um, it's infertility. So, you know, you try for years and years and years to not get knocked up. And then when you decide, hey, let's have a baby. And you can't. And that is a big reality smack in the face. So um, my husband has three other children. He had a vasectomy after his third one. We had, after we got married, we had the vasectomy reversed. That went fine. Everything was great. The doctor said, you're good to go. You can have a baby anytime. I swear to God, I thought, okay, great. Next month, we're having a baby. Uh, six months went by and I was like, okay, this is weird. So <clears throat> I went to my normal OB and he was like, well, we can put you on uh, Clomed. What's the big deal? Just try it out. So I did that for six months and then still nothing. Mm-hmm. So then he suggested I do a, it's like a saline ultrasound where they shoot saline up into your baby maker, basically, for lack right. of better terms. Right. And they make sure that everything is structurally fine and that you don't have any tubal blockage. Well, I am missing a fallopian tube. You're actually missing one. I What's don't a block? have one. You just don't no. have one. Just don't have one. That's like the so surgery they're... they do for tubal ligation. They, like, take one out now, but you just don't right. have one. Okay. I just don't even have one. I still have an ovary, but... I mean, I, does that ovary work? Does yeah. that, I'm just curious. Does that ovary yes. work? So it still produces eggs. You just don't have the tube for them to come out. Correct. Okay. So I, on one side, which is, I mean, theoretically every other month, yeah, it wasn't working. So instead of having the 33.33% chance to get pregnant every, every month, you're only getting that every other, which right. makes it even harder. Right. And so... We were then sent to a reproductive endocrinologist. So I, and I'm going to name drop them. Uh, we went to reproductive associates, RBA. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I missed the B part. Reproductive <laughs> biology associates. I just call them RBA. And they, so every time you go to a fertility clinic, they start you at ground zero. They don't want to, they're not going to take any of your previous tests that you've done. They don't care. Mm-hmm. So because did you have to start over with the clomid and stuff too? Like it- no. So that's not a. That's not really something that, the track I was going to be on. Okay. Okay. So they start with, your blood test. Okay. So they make sure that you, you know that they can they can look at the health of your eggs and can estimate, the quality based off of blood test. I think I've heard. Is that the test that they kind of do? AHM or something like that? Is that the test that they can do now that kind of tells you, like, how much estimated, how much longer you have of fertile? Yes. Okay. Yes. And they can base that on the number. So, like, your level, basically. And then they also test, you know, your estrogen, progesterone, all those other levels that you need to have in good working condition in order to carry a baby. Right. And they also tested my husband's semen. Okay. So we met again, and all of my numbers were fine. But we were told, uh, 
his semen count isn't great. So even after the other doctor just basically patted you guys on the back and was like, vasectomy reversal worked. You guys are good to go. No, it did technically. Okay. And so that's where you get the very gray areas in some of this Mm -hmm. is technically that doctor got to check a box and say, yep, my reversal worked. So let me ask this question because this is something that, I mean, I know, I know this story, but I, this is where I'm kind of gray area. So did he actually, did they do, because I know after my husband had his vasectomy, he was supposed to do the testing to make sure the sperm count was non-existent, right? Mm-hmm. So with Ryan, did they do the follow-up test and what was that result? When he had his vasectomy done? Reversal. In, oh, when his reversal, yes, that's how they found out that it worked. Okay, so he did so, have sperm then. Yes. No, he still technically well, I mean, has like, had work, sperm. But do it's they test just, the, I guess, the validity or like whatever? No. Oh, okay. So that's not that's not what they care about. They just care that their sperm. Their, they care their that the worked. connection is back because the other thing is is that men. They can, <clears throat> you know, go up and down with their quality and quantity, and you know, so okay. So this uh, makes more sense. I think it was now. like a month after he got it reversed, he had the test done and there was semen or sperm. And so it was like, great, that's that's fantastic. Okay. And um, <clears throat> so we did more testing on Ryan and there were issues with the semen. And that could be, not the semen, the sperm technically, that can be from anything. It could have been from his exposure during deployments. It could have been from if i mean if your body stops doing something Mm -hmm. and then you want it to start up again it sometimes is a little slow to do it right and sometimes doesn't remember how to do it right and so um but it wasn't for lack of trying (laughs) yeah right um (laughs) so we were suggested to not do any iui which is where they basically take sperm they wash it and then they shoot it through a catheter into your uterus at the same time that you're uh, ovulating. Okay. Okay, so that's an IUI. We bypass that. Number okay. one, we bypassed it because I'm missing a, a fallopian tube. Right. So even if your number showed you were ovulating, it was possible it was from the wrong, it was from right. the missing tube. So right. It wouldn't, okay. And number two... Ryan's sperm quality and quantity wasn't wasn't perfect, and so yeah, we could have pushed that, but why? Waste of because it's waste expensive. Of time. Everything. The minute you step into a fertility clinic, money, 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 money. Mm-hmm, Every fucking thing is money. Don't even look at a doctor. It's gonna cost you five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. And fortunately for us, my husband's in the military, which is the only reason we went to RBA because they gave us half off. So does insurance cover any of this? Insu- well, not TRICARE, which is what we have. Well, I mean, I've heard no insurance covers it. Well, now they're starting to cover a portion, but here's the other thing. Most people, your insurance, you're going to have your deductible, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just guess like eleven grand, fourteen grand is going to be your yearly deductible or something like that, unless mm-hmm. you're on the monthly higher monthly pays for the mm-hmm. lower deductible. Right. And then after that, <clears throat> you're still going to have to pay 20%. That's how most insurances work. Yeah. So this is a very expensive procedure, and it should be, because it takes a lot of background and a lot of science and a lot of studying 
to get it to work. Right. So we signed up for the IVF cycle. Okay. So <laughs> the first time I was very naive about it because I was like, well, shit, if we're going to pay all this money, I'm young. There's nothing technically wrong with my baby carrier part. Mm-hmm. We can probably do this. This is this is like a slam dunk. Right. And I was also younger. I think I was 27. Yeah. And I, so I wasn't, wasn't technically old in maternity. No, you were 27. I think it was 27. Because you, you were pregnant when I was pregnant. Yeah. So it was, I thought, oh, this is perfect. Great. So we do the IVF. Mm-hmm. The IVF starts with ultrasounds and blood work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I live an hour away from the clinic. Every single day. I'm driving before work an hour to get a blood test done or an ultrasound or both. Driving to work, working, waiting for the nurse to call me with results of it. So the reason why you get the blood work done in the ultrasounds is to make sure that the medication they have put you on is working. The goal is, based off of your age and your egg quality, is to make as many eggs as they can mature eggs as they can but in a safe range because if they make too many you end up with oss or something like it's over it's over over stimulation of the ovaries Mm -hmm. and that's very dangerous so because you were you were sore and stuff during this right because you're well the second time okay the first time it was fine because I was younger, we did lower doses of medicine, mm, and okay. my body did what it was supposed to do. Okay. So you go in for the surgery, and the surgery they do through your vagina. They basically take uh, a catheter and poke holes through your vagina, your vagina wall. Now, if somebody knows this better than me, please let us know, and we'll have you on here. This is my interpretation of what they told me and I'm not a doctor but so they take an instrument stick it through the wall of your vagina basically and go to your ovaries so through the cervix through all of that they poke a hole through your cervix no so I don't think you have to go you don't have to go through that area it's like the outside of the vagina you know like where the penis goes oh okay Just Not the outside of the vagina, but like the, the cavity of the vagina, I okay. guess. Okay, okay, okay. Man, I'm I hope I'm saying this shit right. Otherwise, I'm bad doctor. Um, <laughs> bad doctor. And then they poke all these holes in your ovaries and take the egg. So that whenever you produce eggs, not all of them are mature. Mm-hmm. So that's why they want to see so many on the ultrasound prior to doing this. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want you to go in only for like one or two. Right. Because who, who says that those are mature? We don't know. So they want you to go. Oh, they can't tell from the ultrasound. No, they can't. Oh. They can guess. Because here's okay. the thing. You're not seeing eggs on the ultrasound. What mm-hmm. you're seeing is a fluid sac. Okay, so ultrasounds pick up fluid. See, these are things I did not even know. Yes, well, I am not a science major either, so I could be saying all of this wrong, but I don't think I am because I've done this multiple times. But maybe, I don't know. So when they they poke the hole 
to get the egg out, they're also taking that fluid. So what does your body do as a response when something happens that shouldn't happen? Fluid goes to it, uh-huh. correct? So right. that kind of makes your ovaries swell three times the size they're supposed to be because right. they just got a shit ton of holes poked in them. Yeah. And your body's response is, well, go fix it. Swell. Swell. So Float. you almost Ugh. leave, you don't necessarily leave there looking pregnant, but within two to three days, it you look because your ovaries are, and they hurt. Oh, man. Like I it hurts to imagine. move. But, and nobody, it's not like an open scar. But also most people going through fertility, at least the first time, aren't super public about it. Right, so they're like doing y'all. All by my themselves. friends knew that we were doing IVF, but it, they didn't necessarily know at what stage we were at. Yeah. So with our first round of IVF, they got eighteen mature eggs, which is a lot for my understanding. So that was, it was great, a lot, especially with the amount of medication they gave me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. I was not pumped full of medicine. So out of those eighteen. Uh, eggs, 11 of them fertilized. Nice. And we did ICIS, which is where they take the tail off the sperm and they physically put it in the egg. Because was that part of the concern they were worried about? So there's, yeah, there's a couple ways that they can do it. They can do it that way or they can just put the eggs in the dish or the test tube or whatever and throw the sperm in there too and we'll see what happens. But they were concerned that Ryan's wouldn't... Well, that and also you run the risk of two sperm getting into one egg. And multiple babies. Which, uh, uh, it there's a lot of issues that come with having multiples. Oh, okay. So yeah. some of these clinics, especially on your first or even second time, they don't like to put multiple embryos in because every one of those embryos can split. Uh, and for you, you, your uterus and everything they had determined you was were, fine. should carry a healthy. Okay, yes. so that makes more sense because you technically could have carried multiples to term. No problem. Could have, okay. but it's dangerous. Right. right. Gotcha. So out of those 11 that fertilized, nine made it to blastocytes. 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 Day five. <laughs> <laughs> so at day five is when you either do the transfer or they put it in the uterus or you freeze them. So our first round, we did a transfer and we froze the other eight. So that is how we got Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Evelyn worked. Very first very first shot. I remember seeing her little her little picture that you posted on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's my this little embryo. Baby. This is the baby that will soon be a baby baby. Yes. So, um, uh, once again, I was naive thinking that, oh, everything worked great. This is just how things work. Mm -hmm. Science is great. We had eight more embryos that were frozen. We were, we were off to a great start. Right. So Evelyn was born and what happened after Evelyn's birth is a story for another time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Because those, that first day after Evelyn, or the first, when you guys went back to the hospital, that was, I don't know how many hours of me and Lauren staying up all night just talking back and forth of like, have you heard from Brandy? Have you heard from Brandy? So yeah, I can imagine that's going to be a longer story because that was a minute by minute, right? 
Yes. You guys. So, after, basically, after finding out that Evelyn had a genetic disorder that she has to have from both Ryan and I, and not knowing how it's going to turn out. Like, there is not a poster child of this is how propionic acidemia looks mm-hmm. when you're 10 or 20 or 40. Right. Because All the kids s- are different. Yeah, It's like a spectrum. Yeah. And so that made me too nervous to only have Evelyn. And not because I wanted a t- typical kid, but because I am nervous that something will happen to me and Ryan. My husband is 16 years older than me. And anything can happen to either of us. What happens then to Evelyn? Right. And so, so, so I'm going to ask this question. I know the answer, but our audience mm-hmm. doesn't. So they do genetic testing on these eggs, right? Or they do a certain so, amount of testing to make sure that these babies will be viable, correct? That depends. Okay. So y'all know that Ryan and I are Catholic. This was an ordeal to do because of our faith. Uh-huh. Because a lot of Catholics and most priests, and I'm sure the Vatican, I don't know, I'm not up with the Pope. Um, <laughs> th- it's not down with upon. the Pope. Well, it's yeah. frowned upon because life starts at conception, which is what we believe. And so what do I do with these frozen babies? Right? It's con- I mean, technically, they're conceived. we have all these babies. They're conceived. It right. is what it is. Mm-hmm. But they're frozen. Right. So before we even started IVF, I talked to our parish priest and he, cause I mean, I didn't, I don't want to go against our faith, but I also know God doesn't not want me to have a child. Right. You know? I mean, the science would And that's what he said to me. Yeah. He said, you have to think he doesn't not want you to have a child. Right. So if that's the way we have to do it, that's the way we have to do it. Right. Um, and I'm sure some of you were thinking, oh, what about adoption? It is very difficult to adopt with such a big age gap. Yeah, I was about to say because of Because Ryan's. I tried. And I would assume that does the military not also kind of put a damper on that? Because it's, I mean, it's possible when he's deployed that he has a higher well, risk of not coming home. That and, you know, the birth mom gets to choose the person that, in some, in some cases, gets yeah. to choose the people that get their babies. Right. How difficult would it have been to give a family that already has three kids, even though they're not mine, they're still my husband's. Right, 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 right. So we had a lot of things going against us, and I really wanted a kid. Yeah, and I've, I've heard adoption takes years and years sometimes. So this was, to me, this was This was the, the route, route we took, and it, seemed, it worked for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if you disagree with it or you have your own opinions, I don't really give a shit. Because if you see my kids... They were worth every fucking penny. Yeah. And I mean, this is an episode about infertility. This is a, this is a triggering topic anyways. If you so have fight neg- me. If you, no, if you have <laughs> negative comments, just keep them to yourself because nobody wants to hear that crap. No, That's we don't not, care. This is a topic that affects a lot of women. People mm-hmm. I know. Way more than you think. Way more than you think. Like when we were younger before we, you know, like you said, when we were trying not to get pregnant, you mm-hmm. don't hear about it or think about it because it's not your age group. But then as you start having your friends get married and start having trying to have kids, or you see couples that you know have been married for a while and you're kind of like, hmm, I wonder why they don't have kids. Don't ask them. No, do not. Do not ask them because chances are they 
could likely be having fertility issues and you're just going to make that not a good conversation. Right. So because we had eight frozen and I wanted a second kid, you brought up a good point. They can do genetic testing and they absolutely can. Right. So, what so we but, did, but the first time you didn't, right? Because you No, didn't. with Evelyn we didn't. Okay. Because we we did what the 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 faithful Christian Catholic thing to do is you take what God gives you, right? Right. So and I'm about me, to really contradict myself with what I'm about to say. We, Evelyn has made me a better person all around. I agree. I'm so happy that she's mine. I wouldn't trade her for the world. She's made everybody around her a better person. But if you see what happens when she gets sick, you would never wish that on anybody else or right. any, any other kid. She doesn't know any different than when we walk into the doctor's office that this is going to hurt. Yeah. You know, she doesn't under, like, especially when she was little, she didn't understand why she had to constantly eat. Yeah. So, yes, I took, I will always love that child and I, I will take what God gave us. But it is not fair, in my opinion, to do that to a second kid because I'm selfish and want to make sure that she's taken care of. Right, right. Which is the whole reason I had a second kid. And I've said that before yeah. on this podcast is that was the reason I had a second kid was to hopefully help take care of Evelyn if something happens to Ryan and I. Well, and again, I, I will say my opinion on that. I do not think that's selfish. That's literally why I had multiple kids is so they take care of each other. That's, I mean, that's to me, that's what siblings do. Like, that's not, that's not something that's selfish in my opinion. Well, so we had, so how they have to do the testing is we sent off my sample, Ryan's sample, and Evelyn's sample to okay. a clinic. They developed a specific test based off of our three genetic co compounding, makeup, whatever you want to call it, to find the exact, the exact propionic acidemia gene that we carry. Okay, so my so with that note, had they done any kind of genetic testing on Evelyn, they wouldn't have seen this, right? Because that's not that's something not true. they typically test for. I had genetic testing. I had the Harmony test done. Right. At nine weeks. And uh -huh. so we knew that she didn't have any trisomies. Right. Uh, we knew she was a girl. And if we would have had a a more invasive test that's not that's just like a blood test but it it's more expensive we had it the second time around with ivf yeah but we didn't with evelyn right and so the harmony test tests like for what top 24 things yeah i mean we had and the, everything came thing. back clear i didn't have i checked actually because we we always get the genetic we always had the genetic testing done um the checks for like the spinal bifida and the the trisomies and all that stuff. So we always had that done. And I looked and I didn't see anything about any metabolic disorders, which was why I was kind of like, hmm. I wonder no, if any I of don't... the testing Brandy could have had done without knowing what was going to happen with Evelyn, if they would have even caught it anyways. No, the test that picks up Evelyn's is the test that you have to have like 300, uh, 300 things looked at. So even the second time that we did IVF, mm -hmm. the test that we did only ran for like the top 50. Like it's not, it's so rare. What she has right. is so rare you wouldn't even think to get tested for See, it. See, I didn't realize how rare it was. You were telling us on Girls Weekend, what's the percentage of kids like 
You were so I know the in low... the state that we live in, there's only three of them. See, that to me, that's mind-blowing. I didn't even realize how low of, a, like, how rare it yes, is. Yes, it's extremely rare. It's like one in half a million. That's crazy. That have what Evelyn has. And Evelyn is the only one in the world with her two genetic... Uh, the ab- abnorm- abnormalities. I'm sorry, guys. I cannot speak because I haven't slept in two days. Um, she has two... What is it when your genes are fucked up? <laughs> um. Mutations. Mutations. Okay, she has two yeah, different I mutations. Like, about yeah, okay. And uh, one of them, somebody else in the world has. The other one, nobody in the world has. And nobody has both of them, obviously. So, oh, wow. um, and that testing was done through Emory. And that basically so, laid out every single one of her genes. And Yes. Like, she okay. has every, we know her genes very, and they also did it for me and Ryan. Right. So you guys So because it helps with their, you know, they then publish stuff with it and. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I read Because they, yeah, they did right? it for free because, yeah. you know, she's so rare. Yeah. And she's also in some, uh, we used to call her studies. Little, we used to call her your little X-band. She is my X-Man. <laughs> she mutated genes. Um, so we got the other eight embryos tested. Out of the eight, one of them came back with no chromosomal issues and no propionic acidemia. Just one. Just one. There was three that had chromosomal issues. There was two that had PA. And then there was maybe there was maybe there was four that had the chromosomal issues. I know there was only two that were positive for PA, and then the other one did not have chrom- or did not have PA, but we were not positive. Didn't uh didn't have a chromosomal issue because yeah. what they do is they they only take they had to defrost a five day embryo, mm-hmm. and they take a cell from the placenta side. I don't even know how they can tell that, but they can. And they use that cell to do these tests. So that cell, if there's not enough material in it to do the second test, they don't get the second test done. And so our most important thing was to find out if the embryo had propionic acidemia. Yeah. So that's why that, that one embryo, we didn't know if it was chromosomally okay. And the thing with the, why you want a chromosomally good embryo is because most miscarriages are due to that right so you're not going to want to spend all this money and do all of this stuff to your body and not make it to second trimester right yeah so and every time you do a cycle it's like a 60 percent chance you'll get pregnant okay so like so if that's, you do that's three almost in a more row, than given it, it is the old more. college try. <laughs> yeah, so like they, they say if you do three cycles, the probability of you getting pregnant is pretty decent. But each cycle still costs a buttload of money. Yes. So, and I'll break down this price for you too. So IVF cost me a little over 10 grand the first time. So but you, remember was, we get half of it we, off. So was that 10 grand with the half that, off? Yes. So, and that is start to finish. So that's starting the testing, the blood testing. Okay. 
ending with the blood testing after like to make sure that we were actually pregnant so do they have to do any of that testing for your second round so when you yes you have to start all over so you're looking at for the average person who wouldn't get any discounts you're looking at 20 bucks every round even if you're round of ivf now a transfer is not technically a round so they've already done the pulling of the eggs Yes, so that's where you already have frozen embryos just sitting in the freezer. Okay, so then for someone who costs about five grand. So for someone who gets at least three plus eggs, the chances of them getting pregnant would be pretty good. If they're good quality eggs, okay, with no chromosomal issues. If you had a not, if no, no of none of those eggs had chromosomal issues, and you did not have any issues with your own hormones or body that statistically after three rounds that means IVF and transfers mm-hmm. you should be good okay. but that doesn't happen with everyone statistically so that means people like me get it on the first round and then somebody took six rounds you know right right so we transferred so okay so Ryan then got called up for a deployment. Yes. <laughs> and I, I didn't want this. to wait for him to come home to right. do this transfer. And so I said, do you want to be here when the baby's born or when it looks like you actually participated in making the baby? And he well, said, I, I mean, you kind of are public about the fact that you guys do IVF. So it wasn't like, yeah. oh, that's not Ryan's baby. <laughs> well, but not really with, I don't know if my husband is a pub, as is as public with it as I am. Like, yeah, I'm but sure he some... doesn't announce to his troops, oh, by the way, my wife's knocked up and it is actually mine. I don't think he wanted to ha- have to say that. I got so, it. I got you. we did the transfer before he deployed. Gotcha. And we we knew it was a girl because we had the genetic testing. We knew it, was, it did not have PA and mm-hmm. it was chromosomally perfect. So I went into this transfer thinking, I'll be pregnant. I'll have the baby like a month before he comes home. It'll be great. That is not how that worked out. So I ended up having a miscarriage. At I think like eight weeks or something like that. Um, it was devastating to me because I didn't even think that was going to be possible. Yeah, I don't think you really even talked about it to us that much. I did not. Didn't talk to anybody about it because I didn't. I didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Because I didn't think it was going to fail. Like, there was absolutely no way it was going to fail. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Everything was like, perfect. I remember you and saying, I did it like, the first time anyways. Yeah, I remember you, like, saying something about that you were getting the transfer done, and then, like, we go out while Ryan's gone, and you're drinking, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not going to say anything. I'm just not going to yeah. say anything. So, um, <laughs> so that was a kick in the, the throat, and so I went to the back to the doctor, and I told the doctor, I was like, um, uh, what happened to the slam dunk? Yeah. And he goes, no, this is this is fertility medicine, honey. There is no slam dunks. And that, like, then I just busted out crying. I was like, oh, my God, we, I'm an idiot. Like, it worked the first time. It was yeah. supposed to work the second time. And now I have an embryo that we're not sure is uh, chromosomally okay to do. Right. So we went ahead and did it anyways. So this is why Ryan's deployed. This is while Ryan's deployed. <laughs> and this was a shit show. So we did back-to-back transfers. So back-to-back transfers is where really you only have a month in between 
Miscarriage. The, so, yeah, you miscarriage, and then the next time your cycle starts, you start the medicine again. So that's what we did. Is that rough on your body? Yeah, it's horrendous on your body, which is why my gallbladder stopped working, and I was in the hospital for a week. Okay. All right. Sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm just like stressed right now because like, like I said, you were not very public with how this all went down. And I, some of this stuff I don't actually know because you were very quiet about it. And I understand why I'm just saying like, I'm not dumb guys. I just, some of these answers I don't really know. She's sharing some of this for the first time. Yeah. So I did the transfer and I, I ended up long story short, right after the transfer in the hospital, having emergency surgery to get my gallbladder removed, having five days worth of IV medicine. It was a disaster and lost that baby. So now I have no extra embryos because they're all done. Mm-hmm. And Ryan's deployed. Now I'm, and now my husband's deployed and I'm, my heart is set on having the second kid now because now I'm so sad that I, that I've lost two, two kids, babies, especially, yeah. I mean, we named, the, first the one. one that was a girl that we knew was a girl that we thought was going to work. We named her Amelia. <laughs> so, I mean, I was like just beside myself. So when my husband came home, we started the process again because we knew off the bat we were going to have to do genetic testing. Yeah. So now so you I'm guys started pretty much three years older. You started almost yes, immediately when right. he came home. And yes. I, just, just like total, total pa- pre-K pause. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, how, how did you handle that? Like, did you just call Ryan crying? Like, how, how did you handle that? How did Ryan handle that? Like, how that's a, how did you guys kind of talk well, about? We should this ask Ryan. Next, Ryan doesn't handle things very well. <laughs> you know that he doesn't handle things very well. Well, I'm just um, saying, like, I he, obviously he wasn't nearly as upset as I was. He has four kids. And now he might tell you, no, she's lying. He does not. He's not the biggest emotional person. Like, I've seen him cry one time in 11 years, and it was when Evelyn was having an emergency baptism. Yeah. So not getting emotion from him is very typical. Right. So I don't know how he feels about it because he... I was upset, and basically, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that happened, but there wasn't... He was in Afghanistan as well. Right. <laughs> I mean, well, and, you know, there's shit happening. And I mean, it, my understanding is that the typical man doesn't also feel that connection that you do. I mean, how can they, right? Like, you're growing this child in your stomach. So it's like the emotional connection isn't typically there for the men until the baby's here. So I feel like that's hard for them to really understand how you're feeling either. Yeah. So, well, we did the second round... And we went ahead and sent, I'm not going to give you all the, the, the individual details because I don't, I don't even remember because it was just so overwhelming to have to do it again. And I was so upset because we had to do it again. So and this it, is the whole IVF process from beginning to end. You ended so up in the hospital. egg ritual. You ended up in the hospital twice. I was in the hospital a total of five times while he was deployed. Yeah. Okay. So this, this is all cleared up by the time you guys start. Yes. Okay. Yes. Once Ryan got home, I had no more gallbladder issues, and we did the cycle again. So that means egg retrieval. Now I'm older, right? Three years older. So I'm being pumped full of medicine. And Did that make I a difference? I had a horrendous recovery. No, I got, actually, I got less eggs. Yeah. So it was good that they 
they did up the medication protocol because I got less eggs the second time than I did the first time. That's what I was wondering if like three years really made that big of a difference. It did. Wow. It made a huge difference. So we only sent five embryos off for testing. So remember the last time we sent nine, this time was only five. Out of those five, not one of them has PA. That's good. (laughs) Three of them are chromosomally abnormal. Okay. One of them turned out to be little Ryan. Mm -hmm. And one of them we still have frozen and is a carrier. But the carrier is... The carrier's like a me and Ryan. So they would just have to worry about... So that baby would just have to worry if they have children. Yes. That their spouse does not carry. Yes. Okay. So... The that's my infertility story, and this is why we're going to do two episodes because I want people to be able to send in questions, or I want Lydia, I want Lydia to like digest what I just said, right? Yeah, because front to back, some of this I really didn't come back know the with details. some questions. Yeah, uh, yeah, my questions are more about the emotion. Um, I think that's going to be. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm going to have more questions about the feels than I yeah. am anything else, just because again we're. You know, everyone feels differently about these things, and this is a um, podcast that I'm assuming most mostly women listen to. <laughs> so. I would think so. Um, I mean, if or or Harry Potter, maybe he has some questions. Yeah. So, guys, yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it now. If you have questions, send them to the NSFW Moms with an S at Gmail dot com, and we will um, we will answer those. So you have to send them. You can even uh, write them underneath the Instagram post that I did of the embryos. Yeah. If y'all do not follow us on Instagram, I posted the actual pictures of our embryos. I could only find, I couldn't find the the Amelia one. And I don't Mm. know if that's on purpose. Like I've hidden it and I don't know where it is. But I couldn't find that one. Yeah. So. That would make sense. They have, where I put three of the four that we've transferred, and one of them's Evelyn, and one of them's Little Ryan. You can tell by the dates which one it is. Yeah, and I I was just going to say, if you want us to answer your question um, on the next podcast, you would need to get it to us by October 19th, that night, late that night, or early the following morning, because we record on the 20th. So, Yeah, so listen to this on the 18th at 9 a.m., exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And get your questions to us. Now, um, it's the hardest part of the IVF is 100% the emotional toll that it takes on you because you don't, the whole thing is a guess. Yeah. Well, that's why I didn't ask, I didn't ask those questions throughout because I was like, we won't get through the whole process because I can't imagine. No. Well, and also this is a very bad day for me. It's my dad's 10, 10 year death anniversary. Mm -hmm. So I'm already having a hard time. People keep staring at me walking by the car because I'm slightly crying. (laughs) with a microphone to my mouth so that's why this is such a great day Mm. but what is great about the IVF is when it does work it's amazing right and you are super thankful and I don't believe that it is just science because if it is just science it would work 100% of the time you are absolutely correct I do believe that I and I tell my best friend this all the time, you, you get the kids you're supposed to have. Right. You get the exact kid that you are supposed to have. So whether it's, you know, 
you have it like Lydia, where you look at a penis and get knocked out. <laughs> or you have it like Brandy, where it takes five years to complete your family. Right. I got... Could you imagine where I'd be, or I think sometimes, if, if Amelia would have stuck, or the, the other embryo that I lost would have stuck, I wouldn't have my most favorite little boy in the whole world. This is true. You this know, like... True. Every time I look at little Ryan, I'm like, if I would have had what I wanted and what I prayed for, I wouldn't have you. Once again, y'all best call Joel Osteen. I'm going to be on his payroll, Sam. <laughs> she is on her soapbox preaching I again. I am a good preacher. No, I 100% believe that because I did natural family planning not knowing that I was fertile. <laughs> you did the pullout um, then like an idiot. <laughs> no, I didn't do the pull. I mean, there's other things that go into <laughs> it, like watching your counter. I was very blessed to have a very normal cycle and was able to... It's the pull and not- pray. <laughs> I was able to not get pregnant because I wasn't on birth control from the time I was like 21 all the way to, you know, 27 um, when I got mm-hmm. pregnant. So, you know... I hundred percent definitely believe you get you get what you're supposed to get when that situation. So, so sorry this wasn't that funny, guys. Um, it's just not a very funny day for me. I almost actually bailed on Lydia today. Oh, um, it is what it did. is. I'm very glad you well, didn't. My morning didn't start off great either. Thanks, Ryan. Mm-hmm. So, um, Big Daddy Ryan, you better shape up. Mm-hmm. He doesn't actually know how to listen to the uh, podcast, so I just won't send him this one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have to, like, set it up for him, so. <laughs> That's amazing. But anyways, guys, I do want to uh, answer questions if you have any, or if you want to correct me in what I said and you, you feel very passionate that I said it incorrectly and you need me to correct myself, I don't mind doing that. Yeah, we can read it Like I said, podcast. wasn't a doctor. I'm yeah. not still a doctor. Don't plan on being a doctor. Right. Right. So. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing this because I know it's a um, very touchy topic. And um, we, we will have more of these because we also know other people with fertility issues and stuff like that. So this is kind of like a part one. And we'll probably have more more things to talk about as we go. And any doctors out there, who, if you might be a doctor with fertility stuff or an OBGYN or any of that. Or a nurse even. I mean, yeah. I'm telling you, those nurses know more than anybody. That's true. Or a nurse that deals with these kind of issues. If you would like to write in and be on one of our episodes, we would also love that because we will pick your brain. Yes. So much so. Um, all right. So do you want to do family roundtable? We, we can do, do that if we do it quick. Sorry, okay. guys. I have a... I have hard stuff once again it's it's dad's death day i got shit to do um (laughs) so um yeah so you go first and then i'll go second so best part of my week was obviously girls weekend i didn't want to leave i didn't it was the greatest it was was the the greatest 30 hours best one (laughs) um and worst day of the week is i came home my kids are fucking sick i'm like did nobody notice did nobody notice the cough So um, I they were end up they ended up at the doctor. Um, we got them on nine medicines. It is what it is. So hopefully they're back better. Little Who's Ryan's your... in school. I t- kept little Evelyn out today though. Yeah. Who's your asshole of the week? Um, currently today my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, basically he. <laughs> I know that he's army commitments. I know that, but I'm also allowed to be upset about it. That it's always on important days for me. Yeah, it does. Okay. Fall on hard days. I don't need the lecture 
about it. And yeah. that's what I'm upset about. Like, no, I, don't I need the lecture. You're you're a um, a trooper when it comes to him having to be gone all the time because I I wouldn't be able to do it. I literally like purposely did not date people in the military, like on purpose because I knew I couldn't handle it. Couldn't well, do it. Um, okay. here I am, eleven years later. <laughs> all right, best part of my week was definitely girls trip. I think it was the best one. We didn't plan, we didn't overplay, and we didn't leave the place, and we had the best damn time just sitting around, chilling, and talking. Because I think we missed some of that getting to actually spend the time together because we're getting ready and we're on the schedule. This was great, better than spa day. We spent a lot of time in pajamas. We did, but we also spent time <laughs> by the fire, making s'mores, talking about UFOs. Um, there's well, lots of things. I in did the not sky. engage in that. No, it was it was hilarious <laughs> because there was like these flashy lights coming from behind the mountains. Um, okay, worst part is now Gabriel's sick. So you know, I had been giving the kids supplements and they all had like little colds that they were they were basically over by the time I left. I was like really proud of myself, and I come back home and they're all coughing. Mm-hmm. And now they're done coughing, but now Gabriel's running a fever. And I'm like, you're not even coughing anymore. What's happening? So this might be something new. Um, <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, and I left girls weekend from being outside all, all like congested. So that sucked. Asshole of the week is me. Brian's birthday was yesterday. And no. um, I thought it was the like I didn't look at the date all day like I have meetings that I join but I joined them from a little app that's on my desktop so I never looked at the date mm-hmm. and so when he got home I said like how was your day and he's like eh, it was just a day and then he was like and my birthday and I was like because <gasps> oh, I had seen him that morning because Jason woke up early granted I was like half falling asleep on the couch and like didn't think about what day it was so he would have excused that and then he gets home and I'm like oh my god I forgot it was his birthday all day <laughs> So I was an asshole, but I went and got him dinner and stuff, but the the kids were awful last night. They were all tired and grumpy, so it didn't, it wasn't, probably wasn't a great birthday for him, Then I feel like the biggest jerk, so. Well, yeah, I can see that. It is what it is. Um, So yeah, that's this. So Instagram, follow us. Do you have anything else? We don't. I'm good. All right. So follow us on Instagram. nothing else today to get. (laughs) Yo, follow us on Instagram at nsfwmoms underscore the podcast or send us a Gmail at nsfwmoms at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. So I will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.